Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers, and you are listening to the September 2020 episode in our Voices interview series. So if you're new around here, Megan and I take turns each month bringing you a conversation with someone whose expertise is in an area that, you know, we don't personally know a lot about. Or in today's case, the topic is something I think most moms think a lot about, but maybe don't have as many tricks up their sleeves to tackle as my guest. And that is clutter and decluttering. I am talking with Mandy Yang today. Mandy's a mom of three girls, ages 6 to 14. And in addition to her work as a social worker, she helps people declutter their homes using the KonMari method. Mandy and I will talk more about what KonMari is and what it isn't. So if you already feel lost, don't worry. But I was so excited to bring her on today because, first of all, she is a listener of the podcast from way back, and that is how she came on my radar. You know, as much as we can, Megan and I try to follow our regular listeners and their motherhood journeys and their career journeys. A lot of the times that's through Instagram. Um, And then for the ones like Mandy, who just keep sending us notes over the years and engage with our content over and over, we really do feel like we get to know you. So it was fun to bring a voice from our listener community to this Voices series today. And another reason I'm really excited about this topic is I moved this summer into a new home, which means things like organizing and decluttering, setting up a space for like maximum efficiency. Those are all high on my mind right now. I got to pick Mandy's brain about all of that, and it was a really fun conversation. We talk about why this fall looks different for many families and how to use the KonMari principles of tidying up to bring kind of a sense of peace and calm to your home, even if there are kids learning and adults working in it. Okay, with that, let's jump into my conversation with Mandy Yang. Hey, Mandy, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. And I feel like I am a Mom Hour OG listener because I've been a fan since, um, I think, 2015, right? That's when you guys launched. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's just surreal to be on. No, I'm so excited. And I mostly know you from Instagram. And I would agree um, when our Instagram presence was much smaller and, you know, we weren't posting very much and you have just been such a cheerleader on there. And it's been fun to watch your own adventures grow. And we're going to talk about all of that. So this is really, really cool. Um, So why don't you just introduce yourself to our listening audience and talk a little bit about um, where you live and who lives in your house with you and what you and your partner do for a living. Just, uh, yeah, bring us into your home. I'm from the Twin Cities region of Minnesota, and my husband and I have three girls. They are currently, let's see, 14, 10, and soon to be six. We're kind of wrapping up birthday season here. Okay. He is in the law enforcement field. And then for me, my day job is a social worker. And I've been doing that for a decade now. Um, But recently, as my kids have gotten older, and I just have a little bit more headspace, I started an Etsy shop, and I'm a certified Kamari consultant as well. Oh my gosh. Um, Well, that that is a lot. And those are some really um, important and impactful uh, careers to be in right now for you and your husband. So thank you both for everything that you're doing. And then you are doing some KonMari stuff um, on top of that. So we have to back up and define what we're talking about for any listeners who don't know. And so let me give my impression of KonMari first, and then you can be like, you can tell me where I'm totally wrong. So <laughs> okay. um, Marie Kondo wrote The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, uh, what, five years ago, probably? Um, I think, I mean, I read it several years ago, and it was like, a huge bestseller. And then um, there was a follow-up book and there's been a Netflix series. And she has a very specific method for dealing with basically the stuff in our home, our homes. Um, And people love her book. There are some people who really strongly do not like her book and her method. And I I know we're going to dig into some of the myths around that. So um, I guess just tell us how, how you came to that or What I'd really love to know is, have you always been interested in home organizing and decluttering? So maybe start there and then just talk Mm -hmm. about how you um, became a KonMari consultant, because I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. So I would say that I have always been kind of organized, or at least in my mind, I feel like it's organized because I know where everything is. But in terms of Kamari, I'll be real honest, I am a bit of a rebel. (laughs) If something is trending, like if it's really trendy, if it's really popular, I want nothing to do with it. And I don't like to be told what to do. Um, So I didn't jump on the Kamari, you know, bandwagon until bit later because I'm a questioner too. If you say, hey, you should do X, Y, and Z in these particular steps, I'm going to ask why. And then like, I won't want to follow that order, which is surprising because like you said, the Kamari method can feel prescriptive. Mm -hmm. There is a very specific order to decluttering and tidying with that method. It's instead of going by room, you're going to go by these five categories. So it starts with clothing and then books, papers, kimono, which is Japanese for everything else, like your bedding, your cleaning supplies, electronics, kitchen items. And then it ends with sentimental things, such as like the gifts, right. the photographs, souvenirs, high school T-shirts. I mean, that's a pretty common one that I see with every single client I've worked with. Yeah. You know, we all have something from the past. Yeah. So. Um, I'm going to jump in there because I had totally forgotten already about like how um, how the order Mm-hmm. went. And so that is fascinating to me. I, there are things I remember from the book. And I love that you said you're a rebel and a questioner um, <laughs> because you're right. That is, I'm, I'm sure we have people listening who either 
have heard of it and kind of dismissed it because it doesn't feel like it's their style um, yes. or maybe read it and and disliked it. I'll just tell you mm-hmm. my experience reading the book. Um, and I have a little bit of both. I am like you in that I'm trend averse and I'm, I'm a little suspicious when things just like you said, take the world by storm. Um, but I'm not quite as much of a rebel and a questioner. That's more the Megan, as you know, from knowing mm-hmm. us. Um, yes. But I, I can be trend averse like that. So I resisted and then I read the book and like half of the things in the book, to be really honest, my reaction was this woman doesn't have children and she mm-hmm. has lived mostly in large cities with apartments and helped clients who live in apartments. And so it wasn't that I disagreed with her methodology. It was more that like I felt like, OK, there's a there's a piece of this that is missing for those of us with a more suburban home with a bunch of kids and, you know, a kind of like an American sensibility around stuff, which is like, Mm -hmm. for better or for worse, we have a lot of it. Um, But then what I found was that like, even though I had kind of a negative reaction to parts of the book, I really, um, I, I, certain things stuck with me um, that, and I just remembered them. So I, I ended up with, I would say with a positive experience overall of being able to like take the nuggets that did feel like I could apply them to my life. Um, So I, I guess my question for you is what are some of what are some of maybe the misunderstandings around the KonMari method um, that you've had to deal with as, as you, as a rebel and questioner yourself, as you've come to embrace it and then teach others about it? Yeah. So I think the first one that we commonly hear about is books, right? Like, I don't know where this idea originated from, but Marie never said you can only have 30 bucks or I don't know, was it like 10? I don't even remember. Um, but that's actually the feature of the method that I believe has made it so appealing because the guideline on what to keep is a really simple question. Does this spark joy? Mm -hmm. Is it serving you? Does it have a purpose in your life? So if you love your books, keep them all. But if you have kept those books because you felt like you have to, let them go. And that brings me to another misconception, and that is that Kamari is minimalism. Mm. And it's not. Again, it's about keeping what sparks joy for you. And that will differ depending on every person. For some of my clients, their end result can look like they have minimized and maybe they are wanting a more minimal lifestyle, um, but for others, they still have a lot of stuff. However, they're at least keeping it with intention. Mm-hmm. And um, lastly, a common one that I hear about Kanmari is that they have to throw away everything that doesn't spark joy. <laughs> and then people panic and say, well, I'm not going to have anything left. Yeah. And yes, letting go. Um, you should let go of items that don't bring you joy. But, you know, keep those that serve you, even if yeah. they aren't that joyful. So. An example would be like you may replace that mixing bowl later on. It doesn't bring you instant joy right now. But if you need a mixing bowl, take really good care of it. Mm-hmm. Having gratitude for our things can be a form of joy. Yeah, I I really like that, um, especially in we're living through a time where we're not running out to the stores and the malls all the time and people are very budget conscious right now. So I think a mixing bowl is actually a great example of something that may not spark joy. You may need a new one or a new set at some point, but it wouldn't make logical sense, like you said, to declutter or get rid of that in this season right now if a new one isn't on the horizon. I love that. Um, I wanted to ask you before what the certification or what um, what brought you to the actually the point of starting to work with your own clients? Was that like, um, did you take a course or how did you how did you go from, oh, I like this method to I want to mm-hmm. help others? Yeah. So can I go back to my own yeah. personal Kamari journey? Because that's really what led me to the Please. consulting work. Um, 
I first read the book on the Kamari method right after we moved into this home. And this is our second house. And so during that moving process, even though we had let go of a lot of stuff already, we still rolled up to the neighborhood with two moving trucks. Mm -hmm. And I remember just feeling really embarrassed. And I told my husband, "Okay, let's leave everything in the garage, you know, take it from the moving trucks, just leave it in the garage. We're going to park outside and we're only going to bring in slowly what we need. And what do you know? After a few weeks, we only had brought in, I would say, less than half the stuff, which, mm-hmm. you know, is amazing. Yeah. And I knew that we didn't need all that. So we donated the remainder away. But in a few months, the piles in this new house started to grow again. And mm-hmm. that's when we did the Kamari method or also known as a tidying festival where you can okay. create all the five categories. So that's wow. called a tidying festival. And it, it seems really simple when, you know, now that I'm talking about it, but thinking back, it was really intense because you are literally touching everything you own from every area of your home. Mm-hmm. But once we completed it, I I still feel like I can't describe it. It's hard to put into words other than just like it was life changing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, after we organized our home, we started to look at other areas of our life, like our finances. And finally, last year, we paid off $34,000 of debt um, because as Marie says, once you put your house in order, you'll put your other affairs and your past in order too. So yeah, this method has been amazing for my family and I, and that's why I became a consultant to help others experience this transformation. Yeah, that's amazing. So what was that? Um, what was that like becoming a consultant? I call it um, a little mini vacation <laughs> right now. <laughs> during the pandemic, they are doing virtual training seminars okay. um, online. But when I became, when I attended the seminar, it was last, the, yeah, it was in the fall of last year. So 2019. And it is a three-day weekend. Um, it was there in Los Angeles, like a beautiful uh, resort. And Marie was there. Her team was there. Wow. And, so many women from all over the world um, arrived and I just, it was, again, it's it's just hard to describe, but to be in a room just filled with that many people for a passion of helping mm-hmm. others tidy up and then for them to have experienced the magic themselves um, was just, I, I just don't have any words for that. But so you attend the seminar and then afterwards you um, have two practice clients that you help through the method okay. and one of them has to complete the entire method and then um, you submit your reports. So every time you meet the client, you uh, write reports and then you submit it and the team looks at it. Then you take a test, you have an interview and then you become certified. That's really very, very cool. Um, and I can see how there would be people out there who just aren't in a place to completely do this on their own, even if they've read the book and they they buy in on the methodology. Um, we we all know the value of having a coach or a consultant um, just to guide you through. So I think that is really, really cool. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. 
So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Okay, we're back, and um, this episode is coming out in early September. By the time this comes out, Mandy, I think almost everybody's kids who will be starting school Um, will have started or will start very, very soon um, after Labor Day. And I'm curious, so what grades are your girls in this fall? Because you have three kind of spread out. Yeah, they're about four years apart. And this was supposed to be a really big school year for us because I am... I'm going to be having a ninth grader and then I'll have my middle one will be going into fifth grade. So she's wrapping up Mm -hmm. elementary school and then my youngest will be going into kindergarten. So this is supposed to be a big year for us. Yeah. And that's a big like you have just starting elementary school. You have almost almost out the door of elementary school and then a high schooler. So. Yeah, I just feel for you and feel for everybody right now. But um, I I do think that back to school is often a time where people think about getting their homes in order. If we've been traveling over the summer and this is I'm talking non pandemic for a second here, but, you know, often, often 
kids might be home from school or schedules are different. There's camps and travel normally in the summer. So I have always really looked forward to reclaiming my space in the fall. And even when I had little preschoolers at home and stuff, there's something about the fall season that feels like a good reset. But in this year, things are very different. You know, uh, I mean, it's different for all kinds of ways. We do have listeners whose kids are off to school in person. There are places in the country that's happening. We have many, many who have kids learning at home or who've chosen different kind of daycare or homeschooling pods, or there's like, there's so much that's different about this fall. So I would love for you to help us make a case for why, why this fall deserves a good decluttering, decluttering just like any other, or maybe even more. Yeah. I mean, when would be a better time to declutter than during a (laughs) pandemic, right? (laughs) I love it. Even if you're not wanting to declutter, I mean, I don't, I'm sure for a lot of the listeners there too, but I have been in my home so much that Mm -hmm. I'm just like staring at all my stuff. And so even if I'm not wanting to declutter, I'm really thinking about everything that is here. Um, And I feel like, you know, whether we want to or not, we have all had that time to reevaluate the way we live our life. And Mm -hmm. that includes our home and our stuff. And being at home and, and living in this different world has really opened up my eyes to thinking about what is truly important. What do I truly need? Plus, like you said, fall is a natural time for families to reset. And this school year is going to require us to rethink how we structure our days in our home. Yeah, no, it absolutely will. And the other thing is people might have wanted to declutter or tackle home projects in the spring when we were when many areas of the country were truly shut down. And, you know, you saw people, you know, doing a deep clean of their pantry or getting into some, you know, home project. But now feels a little different because um, we we've all been doing this now for six months. And so even pandemic life has kind of taken its own toll. And what I mean by that is even if we started out in the spring relatively organized or if we did a big purge when when the kids all first came home from school or whatever, it's been six months. So more stuff can accumulate in that time period. So I agree. I think it's a great time to think about this. And what I what I would love for our listeners is not to be overwhelmed by the prospect of a full of a full um what did you call it a tidying festival a tidying festival yes (laughs) but more to see if we can over the next you know 30 minutes see if we can take some of the kanmari principles and find ways to apply them in this weird fall that we're living with so um one of the things i hoped to talk about was using the space that we have and using the things that we have and correct me if i'm wrong but This felt to me like something I really took away from uh, Marie's book, which was she really she really asked people not to go out to the container store. Not that there's anything wrong with the (laughs) container store or Target or wherever you like to buy cute bins and cute labels and not to have that be the very first thing that you do for for I assume a couple of reasons. One that I remember from the book is you don't need you don't know what kind of bins you're going to need until you've gone through this decluttering process to get rid of what you don't need, but also that we may have things in our homes already that help us with decluttering. So let's start there. Let's start with how would, how would you talk about her philosophy of using what you already have? Yeah. So this might not be the most popular um, (laughs) tip or advice or what people are probably wanting to hear, but I promise you it's going to save a lot of money and clutter, you know, like Marie says, do not go and buy any bins. Do not, not at least not at first. Right. I think, um, you know, all those Amazon boxes that have been coming to the door yeah. during these yeah. stay at home times, fold them down, cut off the tops. They are 
perfect for a container. And then mm-hmm. my other favorite are shoe boxes. They're really sturdy um, and they're, they come in a variety of sizes too. So use what you have first. And I know it's so hard because buying the bins and the baskets, it's so fun, but mm-hmm. you really can't organize until you have, until you um, know what you have and you don't know what you have until you know what you need. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my second tip there is to figure out what you need. And in the Kamari method, we call this a vision, you know, just thinking about what are your goals? What is the purpose of that space? Who is it for? Mm-hmm. And I think most importantly, how do you want it to feel? Do you want it to be an inspiring space? Do you want it to be relaxing, calm, cozy, functional? Your space and your storage should reflect that. And then I would say my third tip is going to be about boundaries, you know, whether you have a whole room or just part of an already functioning room for this season, having a place where everything is going to be necessary, just like both physically and mentally. So this means giving each item a home. I find that when I'm doing this, it forces me to really evaluate whether it deserves the space in my house. Label everything so you know where to return something. And if you're going to be using another space for work or school, Having a portable caddy can be helpful to put it all away. Um, And then another part of that boundary is the mental piece. Even if you're going, you're not going to be working from home full time or your kids are going to be going back to school in person in some version, we're all going to be in our homes a lot more this year. So having some sort of ritual is part of that boundary making between uh, work, learn, rest and play. And some ideas are to have a playlist for a specific portion of the day, lighting a candle, using an oil diffuser, and make tidying up simple so your family can take a surface from science class to dinner table. Mm -hmm. I like that. Let's talk a little bit more about this whole learning at home. And I know know it's not everybody's um, situation. We do have listeners who are working full-time outside the home and have childcare. But for those of us who, with kids learning at home, um, we are having to use space very differently. Um, I've seen a lot of people using a dining room, using a kitchen table. Um, how would you coach clients? Like, it's almost like moving. I mean, I did just move. Like, I just moved into a new house. But for many people, it's almost like completely reimagining the use of space. So I'm curious mm-hmm. how you would walk a client through. Would you... Um, would you have them completely kind of clean slate, declutter a dining room, for example, and kind of get it down to just the necessities and then start to bring in, you know, like you said, a school caddy or maybe a different chair for a child who's learning there? Um, would you have them kind of live and, and learn in that space for a few days and see what, like you said, prompt by what's needed? How, mm-hmm. how would you go about transforming one room into something that it, completely wasn't originally meant for, for this season. Yeah. I would encourage families to um, think about, again, the vision for that place and what is the purpose for it. And then um, if they are game, I would go and completely empty it out. And then from the items that they have emptied out, then sort, right? So just Mm -hmm. kind of sort them and put them in like with like piles. And then from that, think about out of all of this, which ones will serve that vision that we have for this space? And so then slowly put back the pieces, um, the furniture that is going to be in line with with their vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And we've been seeing a lot of 
photos online of really adorable home learning workstations and there's nothing wrong with that. And so to our listeners, I want to say if that brings you joy to like do cute printables and, and decorate the walls, super cute, then by all means go for it. But as someone who just moved and I have three children learning at home um, for me, it's been much more about function. Um, and my kids' workspaces are not cute right now at all, but um, I have been focusing on some little things that make this space really functional. And then like you said, I liked what you said, uh, uh, um, the whole family should be able to take a surface from cluttered to tidy and should know where things go. So we, that's another thing we've focused on with my kids. Cause we only moved into this house in July. So barely anybody knows where anything goes. And I had to really make sure with school starting that they had a functional space, but also we knew how to transform that half of the dining room table back into a dining room for the weekend. If, you know, if we wanted to, or maybe it's, exactly. maybe it stays yeah. up, but if we, if we do put it down, um, that we know where things go. So yeah, I, I like, I like hearing that. And I also, I guess I want to remind people that it's just a season. If you've loved the way that your, you know, kitchen table has been serving you for the last few years and you have, it's a little bit of grieving to convert it to a school learning table for a little while, but like everything else, it's not forever. So maybe we can look at it as let's, let's commit and make this a really functional space with a vision for this fall, but then know that it can go back to the way it was, or it can become something new. Yeah. A huge philosophy of Kamari is living for the now. And so, like you said, this is definitely just a season. And as long as the space is serving um, our family right now, then that's all that you really need. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love the tip about Amazon boxes and shoebox lids. <laughs> um, you can always, you can always trade up, right. For something for a cute bin later on. But for me, until I've lived with a system for a little while, um, I don't necessarily know what kind of cute bin that I need. So I think that's really okay. Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes. I'm not wearing things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. 
highest chewable kids vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, we're back and moving away a little bit from fall and back to school. I know that one of the most common questions we get about stuff and decluttering from our listeners comes from those with little kids. And you're kind of coming out of this phase, Mandy, as am I with your youngest um, being six. But there is a lot of stuff and a lot of the toys are larger and bright and multicolored and they don't all fit in a cute little bin anyway. Um, so I would love to hear about your tips for families who have small spaces and, and by small spaces, I would even include medium sized houses. I've lived in houses where it's not, we're not lacking for space, but if you don't have a dedicated playroom or den or basement, um, you are still faced with the challenge of having a tidy home means eventually putting away the toys or having a place for everything, as Marie would say. So what are your best tips for small spaces or or maybe just challenging home layouts where there's not like one big room for all the toys? Well, I'm raising my hand to it because like we are a family of five in a small space. In this home right now, I would say our, let's see, our square footage is about 1,700, mm-hmm. which is considered small for yeah. um, Minnesota here. Um, so I, I know the challenge of living in a small space quite well. I have two tips. My first one is to respect the size of your space. Mm. Don't go over your space budget. Um, but honestly, I don't think it's even about the size. I've been in homes, in the homes of my Kamari clients where there is a lot of space, a lot of square footage, and they still feel like they have clutter because no matter the size, you have to be intentional about what you're keeping. So then there's my second tip there, you know, to let go of items that are no longer serving you. Yeah. Um, What about toys that maybe are serving you, but that don't look so nice. I'm thinking about the, you know, I mean, I remember being in that phase where it seemed like everything was brightly colored plastic. Things were big. There were activity tables and push toys and doll strollers. And, um, have you seen clever ways to store and, um, store and put away and tidy up when maybe it is serving you to have some of those things because your children really do play with them. And that's the season of life that you're in. I wouldn't ever tell a mom, like, get rid of all of your little tykes play kitchen stuff because it doesn't match your aesthetic or it's not serving you (laughs) if it is serving you because your kids are playing with it. But sometimes it's still large and plastic. Um, Have you seen clever ways? um, Is it just about having only a few things in that room and rotating it out? Or what else can we do? Yeah, so I I do remember those plastic <laughs> toys with the batteries and the buttons and all of that. We we are out of that season. Um but I would say for the families that I've worked with with small kids um 
with all of those toys, just having one spot of the home mm-hmm. to store them all in has been quite helpful so that, you know, it doesn't mean that the kids can only play in a certain area of the home with all of the toys, but it just means when it's time to tidy up, all of those toys go into one spot of the home. And that's where after you have gone through and decided which ones to keep, that's when you can go and get the maybe a big basket, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. a big um, a basket that matches your aesthetic to put all those items in. But um, I think that can be helpful. So then you're removing a lot of that visual clutter. If if that's the piece that makes you feel like, gosh, this room just feels so cluttered because there's so many colors everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I will, I'll also offer that as my kids got maybe out of the giant plastic toys phase and more into like preschool and younger elementary school, um, I, I had gotten into this habit of thinking they needed to have access to everything all the time so that they could play freely and be creative. And what I realized was that they were still going for the same few things most of the time. So we really did start to put um, certain building sets or certain types of toys or games away, and then they would get excited to get them out. And and by get them out, all it required was that they would say, hey, mom, can we get out the marble track, for example? And that gave me an opportunity to be like, you know what, now's not a good time. Or, you know what, you guys need to clean up the magnetiles before you get out the marble track. Um, so it wasn't like, I didn't feel like I was being too restrictive, but it did remove just some of the amount of stuff that was out at any given time. Um, and that, that was kind of the next phase after just like giant plastic things everywhere. So that that's been helpful for us. And now they know, they know where those things are and they can get them themselves. And, um, yeah, it works pretty well now. So, and you have kind of helped, um, guide them on putting things away, putting something away before you get something else out. Right. Right. Um, tried. So that, that has, yeah. So I, that I has. think there were actual tears about that this morning from, more than one child. So I'm not, (laughs) not saying it works perfectly, but that's, that's the idea. Um, yeah. And depending, and like you said, I really appreciate that you said it's not always the size of the house, but, um, knowing, knowing what your space budget is and not having more stuff than your space can allow. And then I think the next thing is knowing where things go. Um, and that everything really does have a place. And that was another kind of, um, KonMari thing that I took away is it, it's so much less mental energy if you know where things go and things only go in one place. Um, so yeah, I love that. Well, I want to move on to talking about getting rid of stuff again, which is kind of where we started this whole conversation, but let's talk about our children because children do not like to get rid of their stuff. And this is another question we get all the time. And you have three kids and they're very different ages and they were different ages when you started your KonMari journey. So what kind of conversations have you had with your own kids about parting with like quote unquote treasures um, and how do you help your clients um, include their kids in this process? Yeah, this one is a hard one, these treasures, right? I mean, it could really mean like maybe sometimes a twig or a rock yeah, if yeah. we're thinking about kids. Yeah. Um, and I know many adults who have trouble partying with their treasures too. So yeah. I, I empathize with that. Um, going back to my tip about respecting the size of your space, surprisingly, this is a concept that even little kids can understand. So what I do for my kids is that each one of them has a joy box. It's really just a box with a lid, but what it does is it gives some spatial boundaries and control. And I tell them, you can keep anything you want, you know, aside maybe like not food and live animals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but aside from those two things, you 
get to choose what treasures to keep. And when the box is full, it's full. So then something has to go before something new comes in. And as for those outgoing treasures, uh, maybe the ones that are leaving or the ones that don't even make it to the box. I find that taking a photo of them with it Mm -hmm. or just taking the time, honestly, to sit down, ask questions, allow them to tell me about it is enough for them to let it go because I believe that treasures are ultimately just stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so, that is so true. And I think honestly, uh, listening to you talk, a lot of the hangups we think our kids have, we probably are still dealing with as well. So when we can really truly believe that this item has served its purpose, we can take a picture of it, we have its memory, um, we can then model that for our kids. And I have seen my kids mature a lot in this area. I love the idea of a joy box. And I love the idea that our kids can see us going through a decluttering process and parting with things that like, wow, you know, I loved this sweater. Like this served me well, but you know, I'm not, I haven't worn it in months and I'm ready to get rid of it. And I've got these great memories. And so I think if we model, 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 um, and then like you said, give them a place that is within their control, um, then, then eventually, at least with my kids, I have seen my kids attitudes about this change over time, including the one kid I just never thought would be able to part with things. Um, and he is now able to, so there, there is hope. Um, I believe on the podcast I've talked about going around with a black plastic garbage bag and sometimes making the decision myself. So I am not above that in certain circumstances and with certain categories of of things. We have many artists in my house. So the amount of artwork (laughs) that they swear is important to keep even after we've taken a photo is like overwhelming. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, Well, Speaking of overwhelming, um, I imagine we have some people listening to this who just are in a bad space mentally with their clutter because we've all been there, right? Where you look around and you just don't know where to begin. So what's something I, I have always found that having little successes can, you know, give you the momentum to keep going. So what's a good starting place if you didn't feel like having a tidying festival and you didn't feel like you had the headspace full of for a full KonMari, you know, overhaul. What's, what are some achievable things that any mom could do right now? Well, I think a really simple one, one that will make a big difference is to um, tidy up the surfaces. So the counters, the islands, the bathroom vanities, the desktops, aim to have those cleared off at certain points of the day. It could be after each use, midway through the day or at the end of the night. I always tell my clients, Surfaces are for doing, not storing. Mm. So shoot for a baseline of it being cleared off and return everything to its home, whether it's in the cabinet or in another part of the house or in the trash or recycling, because having a tidy home is more than not having a lot of stuff you don't use. It's also about those tidy habits. And Mm. we have a small open concept like a kitchen dining living room space and so we tidy up after lunch and dinner each day because so much happens right in that space and it really makes a difference i think our brains our brains actually look at the stuff on the surfaces like a to-do list so mm-hmm. that may be why it feels overwhelming because you're carrying around mentally you're carrying around in the back of your head all day but sarah i think finally I want to say this, like among all of this, all of the methods, all of the bins, all the stuff, what your kids 
what your kids need most is a calm mom. So do what you need to do to keep that. If it means tidying up, tidy up. If organizing and labeling things bring you joy, like it does for me, do that. But if this sounds like one more thing you have to do Hmm. this season um, and you feel like you have to do it, don't. Your stuff will always be there, unfortunately, when you're ready. I'm that is like so great that you said that. And I I totally agree. And there's a little natural tension there, right? Because sometimes the thing like I'll just use exercise as an example, like sometimes we lean in on not wanting to exercise because it sounds so cozy to stay in our PJs and stay in bed. And sometimes we have to give ourselves the pep talk that no, no, like you will actually feel better about this if you get on, get out there and do the thing and exercise. And I, I think, I think decluttering and tidying is a little bit the same way. Um, giving ourselves permission to just, just listen to this whole episode and be like, nope, I am not in the season of life for decluttering right now is totally fine. But also if you think that your mental space might actually be helped with, you know, those, those tidier surfaces, like when you said that uh, the things on the surface basically serve as like a mental to-do list, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. It's like having it's having little spinning tasks that you're not actually doing anything about right in front of you at all times. And I think for some people pushing through the hurdle of decluttering to get to that better mental space might actually be worth it. So I'm sure we have listeners on both sides, but I really appreciate you acknowledging that like, it's not nothing, nothing bad's going to happen if you choose not to tidy up today or tomorrow or this year. So I love that. Mandy, tell us about how people engage with a KonMari consultant, either with you or with someone in, you know, nearby. Are you doing things virtually right now in 2020? Like, how does this all work? Yeah, I am doing virtual um, consultations, coaching virtually right now. Um, So I had been doing the in-home work in Minnesota here, but then with everything happening, I am doing virtual sessions now. Okay. Um, and how, how, how can people find you online, your services? And I know you mostly from your Instagram. So yeah. How can people find out more? Well, if you're interested in some one-on-one coaching, you can find more information on my website at amongallofthis.com. If you're looking for a consultant in your area, there are some that are starting to do in-home work. You can go to kamari.com. I'm on Instagram at among all of this, where I share tips and videos. And if you're wanting to tidy up those kid papers, I mean, tidying up papers is my kind of my special area. (laughs) I love tidying up papers. And so um, you can go to my Etsy shop just by searching among this one word. Okay. Yeah. And we'll link all of those in the show notes too. So people can check you out and we'll make sure to link up your Instagram because you're very active on there and yeah, very inspiring. I have to tell a fun little quick story before we wrap up. Um, I have, speaking of cute bins, I have these bins from Target that I've had since the old house. Then we moved into the new house and I got some more of them because I knew where I needed them. Um, but I was struggling with how to label them. And I saw on your Instagram in your coat closet and we can, we can link up this, um, photo so listeners can see what I'm talking about or put it in the show notes. But do you know the bins I'm talking about, Mandy, that look like basket weave, but they're plastic? 
from oh, Target. Oh, yes, those are hard. Yeah, those so are hard to label. I And you had a picture of your entry closet, and it wasn't about the bins. The photo was more about how a family of five can can use this relatively small entry closet, and you had some great tips in there. But I was like, oh, my gosh, she has those bins, and they're labeled. And so that sent me down this rabbit hole of figuring out how to label these bins. And so we'll have to throw a picture. I'll send you a picture of my yeah, labeled bins. But I ended up doing <laughs> – I ended up using a laminator – and using little um, brads, like little push, um, you know, the little metal fasteners. And I was able to push them through and attach. And I don't okay. even know how yours were, but I like those are really popular bins, those ones from Target. And yet they're kind of hard to label because nothing sticks to them, really. And there's not a place to put a label. So, anyway. yes, yes, yes. All inspired um, by your coat closet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, can't wait to see it. And fun tip, I call labels. I think of them like addresses, addresses yeah, for our things. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, it. I think labels get a bad reputation as being overly controlling. Um, but now all of my kids can read and it's really great when kids can read and can be part of like, Hey mom, where'd you put all the battle bots? And it's like, Oh wait, there's a bin right here that says battle bot. So I think I used to poo poo labels a little bit more when I was the only one in the house who really kind of knew or cared. But when your kids can read, they can become part of the label, you know, the label system and know where things go. So I'm a fan. Um, well, Mandy, this was really fun. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your KonMari wisdom. We will link everything we talked about up in the show notes at themomhour.com and we'll send everybody over to check out your Instagram. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a joy. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits in self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hi, everyone. Megan here. Sarah and I would absolutely love it if you would hit pause right now, like right where you're listening, and leave the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, this is one of the biggest ways you can thank us, and it really only takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can navigate to the Mom Hour's show listing. So when you're in the episode you're listening to right now, click where it says the Mom Hour just above the play button and then scroll all the way to the bottom and you will see the ratings and reviews. We would love if you would leave us one as well. Thank you so much for listening.